Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Okay. Uh, Hi, my name is Mike. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, So I got so nervous. just at the last second. I was like, sure, I can do that. And then I got here, I was like, "Ah." Um, so, um, and I always always end up saying this, I, I, um, so my uh, coping strategy when I'm uncomfortable is trying to appear very smart, which isn't very genuine. And that's not what helps me. So I don't wanna do that. I'm not gonna try, I'm gonna try not to, try not to impress you with how smart I am. Um, wasn't that smart what I just did? Um, so, um, you're looking at a, um, a person for whom the 12 steps, uh, have, uh, taken a clinically depressed, alcoholic, compulsive overeating person with undiagnosed ADHD and PTSD and I am pretty damn functional, at least by my own standards. Um, and um, that's, that's something I need to remember every day because that's astonishing. Um, and that really is the 12 steps. I'm currently in four 12 step programs. And um, it makes me cringe to say that a little bit because if I were new <laughs> and I heard that, I'd be like, oh, um, so, uh, uh, but that's true and, um, and it's very doable and I have a life around that. Um, so, um, I'm just going to try to do like what, it, what it was like, what happened and then the tradition, uh, that feels like the most sensible thing to do. So, um, uh, food was the central element when I was a kid, basically before drugs and alcohol, food was the point of everything. Um, any family event or anything, you know, like if there was soda or something, my mom was kind of a health food nut. So it was like, as soon as I could get stuff for myself, I would get as much as I possibly could. Um, and, um, uh, I was kind of an accident waiting to happen. Um, I used to walk two miles down the mountain to get a 32 ounce Coke and a big bag of Doritos, you know, with like couch change or whatever, uh, when I was like 10 or 11 or 12, I don't know, around there. And, um, and uh, eat the Doritos until my mouth hurt, you know, but not stop until they were gone. And um, yeah, I started, uh, I, I was a very uncomfortable, very skinny child and then uh, when I was like 13, I started getting stretch marks because I was, I was getting, I was, my, my sides were expanding quickly and um, I didn't know what that was. I was like, did I get scratched? What's going on? Um, and um, by the time I was in my mid-20s, I was over 350 pounds and um, hot all the time. And, uh, you know, I had all this all this ahead of me. I was trying to get sober from alcohol. I thought that was my only problem. Um, huh. um, but uh, it took 12 years of trying and going to uh, AA for me to get sober. 
and then that became the the opening through which finding out what's going on with me um, happened over the next 30 years um, or 20 never mind um, so um, I'm distracted by my shirt maybe I should this shirt is louder than I realized this is the first time I've ever worn it um, I match Emily's background um, so uh, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of deep sadness and a lot of hopelessness in my in my recovery. Uh, the thing with food, like um, it just was the when I when I kind of took away everything else, food was just like, and it was impossible to deal with. Like I I came to OA and it seemed like I couldn't do it. I just seemed like I couldn't do anything about it. And um, when I tried different abstinences on in OA. Uh, I would be very compulsive about whatever was left, you know, um, and uh, it was humiliating and sad. And I have been in a way for a while, and I'd find myself in the grocery store trying to get things that were okay, that I was allowed to eat, that would make me feel better. And I could spend 45 minutes, you know, going from the cookie aisle trying to find a cookie that you know was sugar-free or whatever the heck was allowed at the moment and then running to the you know the ice cream to find you know again a sugar-free ice cream or something and um the, the this this happened thanks uh a lot and in program you know i had the first like a milestone for me would be going to the store like almost in tears and looking for the perfect combination of foods that would fix me and actually walking back out the door with nothing, you know, after realizing, well, it's been 30 minutes. This might it's not be about clock. food. Um, so, uh, yeah. And, you know, all the alcoholic behaviors are reflected in food behaviors. Like there's a, it's really obvious, like sitting in my car, isolated, drinking became sitting in my car, at one point, I bought a loaf of bread and a tub of margarine, I think, and was like dipping the bread in, and just like eating and, and I believe crying. Um, so um, uh, in OA, uh, there has been continual, like early in OA, I, my first sponsor said, um, not my first sponsor, well, maybe. Uh, I said, yeah, in AA, it took me 12 years, like, to get sober. And, you know, I don't want that to happen here. And he's like, that, that could happen. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. Um, and I, that's sort of what happened. It's been, I think I've been coming for uh, a decade, something like that. And, um, you know, if, if, if anything, it would be wonderful if I could share this experience and get everyone to just, like, do what I'm doing now that took me all this time to, to get to where I'm doing. So right now, um, I feel very comfortable in my abstinence. I've, it's very important to me for my abstinence to be um, not a diet, not feel like a diet, but feel like this is how I eat. And it's plenty and it's good and it's um, kind. And it doesn't make me want to eat more and more and more and more. Um, and uh, you know, that's a lot of the things that a lot of people find that they can't eat like sugar and flour. Um, though I don't, 
I do have sugar if it's a low ingredient, um, but I don't eat sweets and things that make me want to eat a ton more. Um, and um, currently I have three meals a day and I post them uh, on a daily basis um, to uh, a support group. Um, I'm sponsoring three people. Um, I have a fourth person in AA who insists I'm his sponsor, but I keep telling him I'm not, um, which is a funny relationship, but um, he can say what he wants. I just, I'll just be like, no, well, okay. This isn't really what sponsors do. We're, we're friends. Um, good to be a friend. Um, so uh, the, the eighth tradition I should probably get to, well, what else? So what do I do right now? Um, the, as I post my food every day, I have a sponsee. So I try to do what my sponsees do. If I give them a suggestion, they're like, yeah, I'll do that. I, my general rule is, I guess I'll do that too. Um, I think that's a really good policy. That's really helped. I've tried things I wouldn't have tried. Um, I just realized last night was the first night in five days I didn't write a 10th step. I need to do my 10th step from yesterday um, after this, um, and uh, which is a daily inventory. Um, and uh, I, a sponsee asked me to call every day. I was like, could, would, could we do a call every day? That really worked for me in the past. I was like, sure. And it's a really good idea. Um, and, um, so, so what is this eighth tradition? Um, no, ninth tradition. <laughs> OA is such, I'd never be organized, but we make great service boards and committees directly responsible to those they serve. Um, so it means that our business meetings are really annoying and slow moving and, um, and everyone gets to be heard and, um, nobody's in charge and we're doing this together for the good of everyone. And you don't, you know, nobody's on top. Um, and, uh, the, the part of the reading that really jumped out at me was the, the thing about, um, uh, we have to speak up when traditions are being broken. It didn't feel like it was about tradition nine. It felt like it should have been about, uh, I don't know, a, 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 like, a forward to the traditions. We all have to speak up when traditions are being broken. And um, I was in a meeting um, with when someone started talking about uh, some literature outside the program. And it wasn't the speaker, it was just someone sharing. Thank you. Um, and um, uh, someone across the room after about 30 seconds said, are we really going to do this? And um, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. That, that, that was one of the, that, I almost left the program, but I was, that was one person that makes no sense to, that was my reaction. Um, but I did, uh, when the person left the room, uh, clearly never to come back. I, I did swear at that group as I went after them. And then I had to make amends for that. Um, came back to the group and let them know how important they were to me and how they didn't deserve to be called names. Um, but uh, you can do this, you can speak up, especially with newcomers, and we all have to, um, but it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to do damage in it while it's trying to protect the program, I think. Um, 
I think there's, there's, there's a better way. If, it, if, it, if it's really, I actually, personally, I don't think, this is definitely just me. Some people think it's really important to stop it as it's happening. If it's going against the traditions, you have to stop it in the meeting as it's happening. And it sort of implies that in what I just read. Um, I don't think what goes on in one meeting generally, especially being said by a newcomer that the whole group knows is a newcomer, is uh, gonna kill anyone uh, or ruin the program. Or I think people who are kind and, and experienced can go talk to that person after the meeting and make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, make sure that person feels as wanted and loved as they can while they're hearing that. Um, but that's just one opinion. I'm sure there's a, you know, we all get together and on average we do the right thing. Um, so creating service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve, it's pretty straightforward. Always such uh, never be organized. We have to get stuff done, right? We have to pay the rent. We have to uh, um, get literature out to people. And so we make sure that there's enough organization for that to happen, but it needs to be the minimum possible. Um, so I guess I just want to come back to, um, it's very hard for me to carry the appropriate amount of gratitude in my days. Um, as a last Sunday, I had a, I got super triggered PTSD wise, I, I which makes me non-functional. Um, and if, if I don't realize it, it's happening, it makes me mean. Um, so I was, I uh, was hiding from my family. And um, flip side of this is I would have not ever known what was going on. Relationships probably would just have been destroyed. I might have been destroyed. Uh, the 12 steps have gotten to me to the point where I'm treated enough that that doesn't happen very often. And when it does, I eventually figure out what's going on. And I have a little note in my wallet that tells me what to do because I can't remember what to do when it happens. Um, and it hasn't happened in a long time. Like I've, my, my like being triggered like that, excuse me. Um, sorry. Uh, and, and then yesterday's news, uh, was a punch in the gut. My, I haven't, I said to Emily, I haven't reacted like that since like nine 11. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm going to eat over that. And I also know now that Right now, when, when I have something intense like that, uh, today I'll be fine, tomorrow I'll be fine, but if I'm not super vigilant, Monday, uh, I would be eating without realizing why. And I don't have to do that anymore because of this program. Um, it's gone that deep now. Um, and a lot of the things I do in program are uh, sort of built in. Um, I guess the, the, the thing I, the thing I want to say more than anything is um, there, it really is hope. I feel like the person who's not supposed to get it. Um, and um, I haven't, I've been off sugar for, I don't know. See, I don't really count my days anymore. That, that didn't feel helpful. Um, but it's been something like a year, year and a half, I think. Um, and it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal on holidays. It's not a big deal telling people, oh, I don't eat that. You know, I can be super grateful for gifts of chocolate and wine, <laughs> especially if they give me both. Like, oh, my family might enjoy this. Um, you know, someone at home can eat this. It's, thank you. I'll come back with a full report. You're so nice. Because um, nobody, people who care about me enough to give me a present 
aren't going to want me to hurt myself. They're not trying to give me a dagger. Um, yep. See it? Okay. Um, so I guess I got a little heady. Um, I am incredibly grateful. I have felt like a very, very, very broken person much of my life. And now I feel like a person who is, uh, it's good that I'm here, you know, like I'm not, I don't think I'm, ba I'm bad for people. I used to think I was pretty much bad for people and myself. Um, I think I'm actually like, I add value. <laughs> okay. I'm going to stop talking. Thank you. Um,